Hey, welcome to uh, episode five of On Taking Pictures, uh, the show where we talk about the art and the technology of making images. My name is Jeffrey Sidoris from FadedAndBlurred.com, and with me is New York editorial portrait photographer, uh, Bill Wadman. Hey, Bill. Hey, how are you today? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I got, I got one of these iPhones over the weekend. You heard of these? Um, no, that's the phone... Uh, that's the iPhone, the EYE phone, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Buying it was a little dicey. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I got to say. This is your I, first iPhone. It is my first iPhone. This, I had a, This is your first smartphone. It is my first smartphone. I had a feature phone and I, I finally got Welcome berated. to the 21st century. Thank you. Yeah, I got berated. Uh, by everyone by you met. Months. Yeah, yeah. It, it finally came to a head. My friend Mark... Uh, I, we were hanging out over the weekend and I, my dad called me and I pulled out my phone. He's like, Hey, nice phone. Do you have a beeper too? So, uh, and what's and sad is that of... you actually do. <laughs> it is sad. So, um, yeah. So now I'm kind of testing out a bunch of different camera apps and finding out which one I, or ones I dig and which ones I don't. Uh, I, what'd you come up with? Cause I, I tend to use just the regular camera app. Partially because um, I can jump right into it from the lock screen. Yes, and apparently you you can you can remap that if you if you jailbreak your phone. But I, I really have no interest in in the whole jailbreaking. And you know, then... I, I when I was a Droid guy, I used to use uh, modded ROMs, and then same kind of thing as jailbreaking. Yeah, yeah, it's essentially jailbreaking and then like replacing the whole OS with like a much more stock OS because a lot of Android phones come with a bunch of crap on top. Okay. Um, the, like like Windows computers. Yeah, it, it's like it's like if they had a Windows computer and they replaced Explorer with their own interface. Okay. It's just terrible, and that's part of the reason why Android phones are bad. If you get original Google Android experience phones, like the any of the Nexus phones, mm -hmm. those are generally like clean and they look great. Or if you get one of the other phones and then go through all the hubbub that it required to like put CyanogenMod or one of those on it. Um, then you get a lot better, but, um, but apparently though, that one of the nice things about Mac OS or the iOS, the new phones is that iOS five, I think on the iPhone four and the iPhone four S, um, it encrypts the file system. Hmm. So when your phone is locked and you type in your code, if you have a code, um, and it takes like, it's like a quarter second before it kind of clicks open. Right. It's because it's actually doing like hash checks of oh, your, really? of your password. Yeah. And actually decrypting the file system. Wow. So if your phone is locked and somebody gets their whole hands on it and then you have one of those things where, uh, you know, it only can unlock 10 times. If you get right. it wrong 10 right, times, right. it wipes the phone. You're pretty safe because the whole phone's file system is encrypted. So it's not like they just plug it into some reader and read everything on it very easily. Um, but, but apparently if you jailbreak, it shuts all that off. And yeah, so I'm, I'm just afraid I'm going to brick the thing. Yeah. I, it, it's, it's not really, there's nothing that I found that, that is worth it unless I could get a really good Nintendo, uh, entertainment system. Okay. One of the emulators. Yeah. An sure. emulator. Uh, that's the only thing that I think that it sucks that they won't put on there. Mm -hmm. Um, although I was playing the Bard's Tale, <laughs> the original Bard's Tale game. On my iPad on the way up to uh, Boston a couple weeks ago. Cause How they, is that? Well, they sell a new version of the Bard's Tale, which involves like walking around and sort of like this, like you know, three quarter thing. Sure. And hacking people up. 
I didn't really like that. I like having the party and having it like step by step, sort of more D and D. With the the whole eight bit yeah, experience, yeah. it was a little annoying because you have to both type stuff on the sc- you have to type on the screen, so then the screen of the game ends up being like you know just this tiny little box up top and that kind of right. stuff. It's not ideal, but you know it was fun for fifteen minutes to you know play around, and it comes I, with the real. Had you real played game. Uh, the original on the PC? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, I was a huge Bartet fan. I was actually a bigger um, Wizardry fan. Do you ever hear Wizardry? Oh, I used to love Wizardry on the Apple II. We yeah. played that. Ap- yeah. Uh, uh, I I used to play on the Apple II with my friends, and then I had a PC Junior, and I finally got the PC Junior version. Uh, but my friends on the Apple II had some sort of hack program that could go in and change the hex for your hmm. characters, so you could like give them all kinds of cheat essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never wanted to do that, and I always just I always had to find my Mursama blades. Uh, the old-fashioned way you had um, to earn them. yeah yeah had to earn it um but uh yeah I, you know what i miss, they made I miss wizardry the infocom for... games oh yeah uh, oh like uh zork yeah, yeah like zork and yeah. planetfall yeah. I, I love the text adventures yeah you're you're yeah what's it you have to pull the rug up to get to the trap door yeah 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 and there was always climb you know, the you... tree to get the egg yeah yeah you don't you don't eat the tube of of that's the glue for the raft and you yeah. don't eat it because then yeah. you die kill kill troll with sword right yeah. Right. Um, but anyway, I was playing some of these old games, which was kind of cool. But I, I'm glad you. So, what'd you find out about the the camera apps? Because I'm interested. Uh, there, first of all, there are a ton of them, um, and you know, there there's the standard uh, favorites that people come back to, which like Camera Plus and Instagram. I won't go anywhere near it just because of what's her name, uh, Lisa Bettany. But we're not getting into that right now. Yeah. Moving on. That's another show. Um, you know, I, I wanted something that, that didn't have a lot of filters. I wanted something that would just take, you know, a, a good solid picture and, yeah. and maybe you want, a, you want a better camera interface than Apple gives. You don't want to like, you don't want a processor. You want a camera app. Right, 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 right. So uh, the, the two that are standout so far for me, and, and we're going to put a roundup of them up on, on Fade and Blurred as well. But um, there's one called 645 Pro that... Uh, I like um, it, it shoots what they're calling a processed raw, which is basically it, it spits out a tiff. Um, but but the interface is a little clunky. The one I really processed liked, raw is just wrong. Yeah, I don't get it. Oxymoron. I mean, Genuine imitation leather. Processed yeah. raw. It's not raw. Yeah. It just tell tell them that you spit out a tiff. Um, so we're, I'm still kind of testing that and playing around with it. But the one I really like, uh, just from a, a functionality standpoint is this is this app called Matbox, um and it's it's got this very minimal interface uh they've they've done this really clever uh half press where you you can like i I use my thumb if you press down on the shutter release that acts as a half press uh to lock your your focus and exposure and then you slide your thumb down when you're ready to to take the photograph so you can you can lock exposure uh, recompose and then just slide your thumb down to, to take the shot. And it's, it's very fast and very intuitive. Um, he's got a 2.0 version that's going to come out and, and allow a little bit more manual control uh, than, than what they currently allow. But there, there are apparently some, some issues where the, the ISO is locked. You don't have direct control over ISO because it's locked by Apple but you can fiddle with the exposure a little bit. I don't, I'm not sure of all See, the, the... This right here is the problem with Apple. I, I want a camera app that has exposure compensation. Mm-hmm. Let me just say, okay, whatever you think it is, I want it to stop less. Right. Or stop more. Uh, the Android camera app is really good in this regard where you can change the white balance and you could change the 
exposure compensation and that kind of stuff on the fly. Yeah, um, it seems like a basic feature that that has been omitted on on virtually all the apps that I've that I've seen, and maybe it's it's because Apple probably doesn't let them in. Exposure is mm-hmm. probably something deeper than just the camera app. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually what that's the big problem I have with with the phone, the camera on the iPhone, is that I feel like it, it doesn't always focus on what I want it to focus on. Even if I'm like tapping, sometimes it gets screwed up. Mm-hmm. Where it like it starts focusing again after I sort of want it to lock on something. So there's uh, more hunting going yeah. on than yeah. Or or the exposure's wrong, and you know if I'm tapping around, I'm changing the focus too. And I know right. there's apps where you can like independently do the focus and the uh, exposure, but it's just it gets complicated. I just want to be able to like I like the idea of your thing where you can lock it. That plus yeah, it, you know that the, the little click and hold and then slide to take the picture that plus exposure compensation and I would be sold. It it works pretty well and and what you can do if it, it locks focus but if you recompose and you want to change exposure based on the center the center crosshair yeah um, you can you can lift up very quickly and and tap again and the focus will stay locked but your exposure will change see that's the kind of thing i need i just i've never found any i never found them to be every time i have one of those apps that i've tried every time i use it i go wait how does it work again Mm -hmm. you know it's not really obvious to me how it all works maybe i'm just thick I think they're getting. Maybe there. I'm not very good at taking pictures. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you should rethink this whole thing. Uh, all right, so this one's called Matbox. Matbox. All right, yeah, I'll have to check uh, that one. Ben Ben Syverson, I think. I hope I'm not butchering your name, Ben, because uh, <laughs> you know he's listening. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Because uh, everybody listens. Hey, he might hey be. speaking of which, listeners. Yeah, we've got a lot of listeners over the past week or so. So thank you. We guys have, and, girls. and uh, if you enjoy it, go over to the iTunes uh, store. Uh, and the page on the iTunes store and give us a rating and maybe write up a few nice words and uh, let your friends know because uh, we want we want to we want to talk to a lot of people. Yes. Uh, but we'll get more into that uh, a little later. OK. Um, hey, you you use the Google Plus. I you know, I don't I have I have, you know, obviously have an, a Google Plus account, but it's it's one of those areas where I, I don't know really how it's going to benefit me. You know, or or how to make it work. You mean like social media and trying to yeah, be an artist I mean, it, and yeah, the, the the one thing I you know is Facebook is for your friends. Uh, what is it? Facebook is for your friends. Google Plus is for your passions or something. I read that somewhere. Did and, Google and write that? I don't. I don't know. I think it was a guy Kawasaki. Might have been. I don't know. Uh, that uh, guy. He gets around. He does get around. You know, he works I at like Apple for a few years, and suddenly he's the yeah. Zen master. I, he did a, a, a nice interview with Chase Jarvis. Um, yes, I saw bits of that. So, uh, but no, it, to, to answer your question, I don't use it as much as I probably should or could. Um, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, do you use it? I have a Google Plus page. Um, the problem, okay, two things. One, I have a Google Plus page and I have a few thousand followers, but mostly it's because, or or I've been circled by a few thousand people. Um, mostly because uh, Thomas Hawk, mm-hmm. um, who's sort of an acquaintance, friend of mine, uh, put me on his list of top 100 or 200 photographers or, you know, one of those things. Okay. Uh, so a bunch yeah, of people it's like... It's really big a bunch of people, Yeah, though. a bunch of people friended like the entire, you know, circled the whole list, right? Uh-huh. So I got a bunch of followers. Um, 
the other problem is is that I have my billwadman.com email address is actually hosted on Google Apps. Okay. Um, but for the longest time, you couldn't start a Google Plus page from Google Apps. You had to use it from a Gmail account. So I have also have like Bill Wadman and Gmail, which I don't really use, and it just gets forwarded to Bill at Bill Wadman. And um, so I made a Google Plus page so as not to be out of loop too long because I didn't know if they'd ever let people with Google Apps use it. Mm-hmm. I made a page with Google Plus or uh, on Google Plus with my regular Gmail address. And that's the one that everyone's friended. Subsequently, not your, not your, apps not my main version. one that I usually logged into. Okay, and so, there's no way to merge the accounts together. Not that I found. So I could start one with Bill at Bill Wadman, but then that would be a separate account, and then I got to figure out a way to get all those people over to start listening to the other one. See, I should probably just do it, and, and they're going to be like, "Well, wait a minute, I've already friended this guy. What do I need to?" Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's stupid. Um, I guess maybe I could set it up and then just tell. I wonder if because these people, a lot of the people found me in this other circle, if Thomas Hawk changes my thing in that circle, if all those people automatically, anyway, you know what I'm saying. Does it, yeah, does it migrate automatically to the other account? Exactly. Uh, I should check Mm -hmm. that out. Anyway, uh, long story short, I I don't really go on there. Or Mm -hmm. when I do, I put stuff up and I don't actually get that much traffic from it. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's because the people who follow everyone on the 400 photographer list aren't actually looking at all those different pictures all the time, or there's too many of them. Right. Um, But I mean, there are a lot of photographers that that really like Kelby really digs it. Trey Ratcliffe talks about it and does the hangouts and, and, you know, a lot of people in the photography people who have glommed onto it. I think that, I think that it's a, it does a better job showing pictures than uh, Facebook does. Mm -hmm. Although Facebook apparently has improved their light box stuff in the past couple weeks. Right. Well, Um, and, and they've got the new, they've got a new camera app. It just yeah. came out for the iPhone. I mean, honestly, though, I go back and forth. I tend to be, I don't have any, I have a Flickr account. But all that goes on Flickr is like pictures from vacations that I take. Um, I don't do actually think, put any Do you think my, Yahoo kind of screwed the pooch on, on Flickr? Yeah, maybe they did, but I, it's somewhat irrelevant to me. My whole thing is about control of my work. Uh-huh. You know, I, I don't like the idea of putting up high-res images on Google servers or Facebook servers. In some ways, I trust Google more than Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the idea that I'm sticking this stuff up on Google or on Facebook, it's like I'd rather keep it on my site and on my blog and on my stuff. Um, Do you feel more and then like you're somehow to, more perfect, per, uh, protected? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I feel more protected. At least then my picture isn't like I'm not uploading it to a server where the terms of service i'll talk about how they can do whatever they want with it you know Mm -hmm. regardless of whether or not they do do anything with it it's still like a little like "Eh, i don't quite trust it you know um Mm -hmm. but i like i like retaining control of my stuff um you know that radcliffe guy he like has everything in the common you know the creative commons so right he's essentially giving it all away so it's it's better to put it all other places i'd also rather have people click through and come start following me on my blog, which is where I write more often and put more serious stuff and mm-hmm. have links. And, um, so, so I, I, talk I don't, about I don't that really, for a second. Go ahead. With regard to writing, do, do you think, cause I know a lot of photographers put their work out there. They're trying to get more, more eyes on it. They're trying to get more traction on their work. Do you think you can just share work without writing something about it? Can you just have a, a portfolio or a Flickr stream without uh, a blog or, or giving people some insight into who you are as a, as a person, as a photographer, 
rather than just showing your work? Or do you think you can still gain traction just by posting the, the photographs themselves? I think if your photos are extraordinary, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, I think I like talking about photography, obviously. Mm -hmm. So it's not as big of a deal to me, or, or rather I, I enjoy that side of things. Um, you know, it kind of, it, there was a, there was a post I had last week and it was, um, that I put on the list last week that we didn't get to. Uh, and it was all about the idea that like, uh, that, that there was a, a whole thing about people, that some guy shot air at people, like blasted their faces and took these distorted pictures of their faces. Right, right, right. You know, you know that whole thing? Yep. And it kind of got me thinking about like there was that picture, that whole thing, and then there was the whole thing of like the dogs jumping into water, and the guy was underwater taking the pictures. Right. Um, Who now has a book deal yeah, from okay. that project? Um, or even even my own work, I find it funny. I got a I got a uh, an email from some magazine uh, that's Reader's Digest runs in uh, in some other country uh, in Thailand that is like some photo magazine that Canon sponsors that wants to do an article on my motion pictures. Okay. Which is fine. Great. Uh, the thing I find funny about it is that out of all the work I've done, those have gotten the most traction, even though those are not the work that I'm most proud of. Right. Hmm. I don't think motion is my best work, but every like, but a lot more people go look at it and it gets posted a lot more places and stuff. What so, do you think it is about it? Well, it begs the question of whether or not in the, in the age of the internet, whether you can actually get any traction taking beautiful but otherwise non-novel pictures or if it's all about the novelty. Mm -hmm. And then the other question is that like, okay, that guy who, you know, the dog jumped in the thing and he took the pictures. Great. He had a big bump. He had hundreds of thousands of people looking, millions of people looking at these pictures. Are they looking at him now? Or was that two months ago? You know, um, right. Have, 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 has viewership moved on? Yeah. They move yeah. on to the next thing of the guy who, you know, threw people off bungee cords and had a right. quick cam connected to their head. You know, is it, is it all, is it not about elegance anymore? And it's all about shock and awe, you know, catching the user's eye. It's like, it's all, it's all one sparkly headline on Huffington post. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I wonder, and, uh, I mean, I think it goes back and forth, but I, I, I worry that that is a, a bigger problem. Um, so, so in that case, in that sense that when things spread like wildfire on uh, Facebook or, or Google plus, they tend to be the dad who took the pictures of their, of his daughters or this guy with the air blowing or, you know, what have you, mm -hmm. as opposed to, wow, that's a really beautiful portrait, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but, but that, is, the, is that the case that most of the people on these things are not really art lovers? They just like, oh, look, that's a neat idea. And they're not actually right. staring at something in a deeper way. I don't know. I mean, it, does, does the medium itself, being that it's online and it's just click, 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 does, does that inhibit really looking into a story or really digging into a story? I don't know. I think it might. And, and that's part of what I worry about with this whole thing. And that's, and that's part of why I don't get that deep into, I mean, I'm on Facebook. I've got, you know, a thousand friends and most of them are people that I actually know. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do make comments about my family and that kind of stuff on there. Um, you know, within reason. Sure. Uh, but, but I don't, but I don't go crazy putting all of everything I do up there. You know, um, I, I'm, I'm doing this stuff with, uh, Zay Frank. 
Did we mention that last week? Yeah, I think we did. Yes, so, last week was the love. So yeah, last Elf week was the finding somebody you love and taking a picture of them. Like, say I love you and take a picture of them the moment they react. And we had, I don't know, a few hundred people put pictures in and and I judged those. And then Zay was like, oh, let's do another one. So this yeah, week- This is the upside down one? Yeah, have you seen this hang, thing? Hang upside down? <laughs> yeah, so he, uh, the idea was to sort of take a picture of somebody hanging upside down in such a way that when the, you look at the picture, it looks right side up, you know, so their faces are kind of drawn upwards in the, in the frame. Um, and it, and it, it's, the results we're getting are great. We got a few, you know, 150 people or whatever put up pictures, and some of them are, like, really ingenious. Mm. Uh, there's one woman, like, kind of doing this really saucy 50s waitress kind of thing with a... Uh, uh, um, serving tray and everything with stuff on it but she must have like glued it all down okay it's, it's sort of like cute. the uh, the super tramp breakfast yeah, in america cover. exactly basically yeah. recreated that upside mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. which is just kind of it's a neat idea you know so there's actually creativity and that kind of stuff um but i'll put that stuff up on on facebook too i don't know that that gives it any traction or if it's the fact that zay has a hundred thousand people following him you know right um it's, which it, doesn't hurt <laughs> no it doesn't hurt but uh, but i i don't know that the social media is the panacea for all spreading the word on art. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's very fickle. I think that it's very up and down. I think that it's very, not necessarily to me, but it's very unfair in general. I don't think that the best. How, how always, do you mean unfair? In I don't what think way? that the best actual stuff floats to the top. Okay. You know, the cream does not surface. The, you know, I, th- I think, I think what kind of bubbles up is not necessarily what's best. It's just what's, you know, there's popularity contest. There's, you know, Oh, this guy is the girlfriend of some famous, whatever. And therefore, you know, she's taking pictures and therefore her thing gets all over the place. Cause this guy's talking about it, which has always been the case in all things, but it, it kind of goes against sort of the democratization of humanity that I thought that I, I hoped that the internet would bring. Maybe that's short sighted. Or, it's just, or, yeah, or, the internet's a shopping mall. Isn't yeah, it? exactly, and 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 that that kind of saddens me. Um, but I don't know. But hey, Facebook's going to make a phone, so yeah, I don't. <sighs> what is the th- what is the argument that it's basically going to be a phone that you can then just get right on the Facebook app with? I, you know, I don't know because they they've because the Facebook released... app for iPhone is awful. Yeah, th- yeah, which uh, apparently Zuckerberg has has said that they're going to rectify somehow. I don't know. Get right on that, Zuck. (laughs) Uh, They've just, they've got the new, the new camera app, which I don't know. I guess it's okay. Do I need to separate Uh, that though? Do I I want to upload every picture I take to Facebook? Why would you come out with a camera app and then buy Instagram? Or why would you, the other way around, why would you buy Instagram? Just, is it just to absorb their user base? It seems like that's, that's the play, doesn't it? Yeah, but you know what? Instagram has what thirty million users or whatever. Mm-hmm. Facebook has a billion users. Yeah, so I don't <laughs> so, understand. So what, what are you really getting? There's far more people sharing pictures on Facebook than ever shared them on Instagram. Right, and it's it's not helping their stock. No, oh my God, you, you have some of that Facebook stock? <laughs> no, I don't have any Facebook stock. It's down uh, three points, three point one three. It's down almost ten percent today. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't you know, know it must be sucky. Being like the guys at Instagram who got paid in stock. <laughs> <laughs> they got their billion dollars, but it's already down like 25% from, from when it it's launched. opening. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's got to suck. That, yeah, that, that'll leave a mark. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, uh, I, I don't understand the Facebook phone thing, but, uh, you know, that's just, it's silly, you know? Uh, uh, Canon is so worried about camera stores going out of business that they're going to start propping them up monetarily? Apparently. Yeah, well, at least one. Now, you, you've been to this store. It's a store called Jessup's. Yeah, you've it's, been there, it's a big, yes? big chain in the UK. Okay. Um, apparently, they're, they're looking at investing upwards of, of 15 16 million dollars in in this in this uk shop right which is what like a couple hours worth of canon sales maybe yeah yeah I, it, you know it's it's interesting though does does that mean that for the consumer uh what does that mean for the consumer first of all if it if, means they if, can't buy nikon cameras at jessup's anymore yeah, I mean, it, is it going to be like that? Are, are, are you going to get better spiffs on, on Canon product? Or is Canon product going to get better placement? I don't know. I, uh, I, I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure there's something like that in the deal. But mm-hmm. I, maybe the UK just sees it as, or Canon just sees it as, you know what, we need a place for people to go to be able to look at these new cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, and that this is a real problem right now that people people buy stuff online or whatever like that we have to keep the it's funny photography has blossomed in the past 10 years but uh camera stores are, have gone out of business you know because people mm-hmm. more people are buying their cameras from amazon or one call or wherever right, right. um uh and the, the little camera shop just can't stay around because they were also developing film so that's not necessary anymore and the margins on most of these cameras is not very are not very high so it's not like yeah, they're making it, a there ton can't of cash. Be a lot of money no. per per unit. And who's going to pay twenty nine ninety nine for a camera list price when you can get it online for twenty seven fifty or right. what have with you. free shipping and have it in two right. days? Yeah, no. or one day. Um, so I, I I don't know. It's 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 going to be interesting going forward looking at that, you know, and 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 seeing where that goes. I mean, most of the camera stores. I mean, I live in New York where we have Adorama and B and H and Calumet. And those aren't going anywhere because those are the huge online sales places. But mm-hmm. I don't like going to them. Um, now, when you, when you go to some, I, I've never been. So when you go to some place like B and H, oh, you got to come out here. It's yeah, crazy. I know. Um, it's like fries for cameras. Okay, but, but but in terms of representation, are are Canon and Nikon positioned in such a way that they've got more? Sh- I mean, they would have to be, I guess, more shelf space than Pentax, Olympus. Well, they have they have more cameras right um I'm, i i i mean i'm sure that b and h gets kickbacks mm-hmm. or some sort of like you know display contract usage you know better deals for better display I, i'm sure there's that kind of stuff going on mm-hmm. um but it, you don't walk into b and h and say oh obviously canon's buying them off right you know or nikon or whoever um they're they're all over the place but those stores are huge i like going to there's one called photo care f-o-t-o care which is been around for a long time and it's much more of like a pro kind of shop mm-hmm. and the people there know more and they're willing to take more time and they're you know I, i'll give you an example years ago i had my four by five and fuji still makes four by five instant film for large format cameras uh and i bought some of the film but i realized that you have to buy a special holder for the film so i go to adorama and i said look i'm looking for this fuji four by five instant film back and the guy, you know, looked at me, looked down, did some searches. Do you know what the model number is? You know, like this kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, but 
it's Fuji, it's four by five, it's an instant film back. Like what more information do you need? You know? Right. How many, how many of those does Fuji make? Yeah. Right. One. So like, what's your problem? Uh, and we went back and forth for like five minutes and I was like, he's like, Oh, I, I guess we don't carry it, which I'm sure they do. He just couldn't find it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was like, thanks. And I, I, I get kind of frustrated at this kind of stuff. Cause I'm like, this is your whole job. You know, I know right. maybe you make more money selling Canon power shots to stupid uh tourists who were in town but like you're a camera store and i came in and you know gave you everything i need to you need to know and i know you have a million products but you need to be somewhat knowledgeable about this is i didn't ask for something crazy esoteric like i'm looking for this washer from this 65 year old camera right right. um (laughs) and uh he couldn't find it so i go into photo care which is a few blocks away I walk in and the guy goes, oh, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I'm looking for this Fuji instant film 4x5 back. And he goes, oh, yeah, right over here. Walks five feet down the counter, goes into the case, pulls it out, puts it on the counter. Like literally 10 seconds. And it's so you're in like, and out in yeah. five minutes. Now, this place, I think it probably cost 10% more than it would have at Adorama had they found it. Mm-hmm. But you get something for that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I worry that places like that are going to go out of business. And where will those people go? You know, where, where will those people that are behind the counter there go? Uh, because they're, they're Starbucks. not going to be utilized to their full extent at, at yeah. you know, a, a Best Buy or, right. or something like that. Yeah, I think they're going to go work at Starbucks, <laughs> you know, sadly. Mm. Um, I mean, th- there will always be, these places will always, a small subset of them, the high-end ones, will always be in business to sell P65 backs to you know, fancy places and they do rentals and all that kind of stuff too. Right. But I don't know that they're going to have the same sort of uh, retail experience that they have now. Right. You know, um, and that's kind of sad, you know, you want it to be, I don't know. You, you want that experience, you know, I, uh, well, I think you want that experience. If, if on some level you, you grew with that experience as a photographer, I mean, there are a number of photographers who, uh, have only known digital and, and that's not a bad thing. They, they, they True. buy their 5D Mark threes or their D 800s or, uh, or whatever. True. And, and that's all they need. But for those people who, who have shot fa- film or still shoot film or still use not the latest, greatest, uh, whiz bang, camera yeah that that's that's gonna that's gonna hit them where they live sure sure i know absolutely um and and that's why these places are going out of business which is probably why canon's investing in this place i mean when i was over in the uk i remember i went to get film developed at some oh, i forget the name of the chain some chain of of, of film places over there mm-hmm. and uh and they were saying uh i had at the time this is 2007 i just i had a roll of scala with me which is this uh black and white slide film that agfa used to make mm-hmm. and um I, they they had stopped making it the year before and i said you know does anybody i had a bunch of film and i had one roll of scala i said do you know if anybody you guys uh process scala and the guy said no he goes but you know this place around the corner does he goes but i think they did their last batch last week oh wow so you could no longer get this film developed in the uk Right. Wow. Uh, and, and, and you can still get it developed here. I think there's one place out in like Washington state or California that still does it. Mm-hmm. But the point being is that like, it's a smaller market sure. in the U in the UK versus America. You know, there's sure. a lot of things that we take for, take for granted that, that 
things are different in different places. Over in over in Japan, when I was there a couple of years ago, there was still huge, you know, layout, uh, big walls full of film at some of the of the stores. You know, most of it was Fuji, but you know, it was like people still use film over there. I don't know that as many people in England still use as much film as they do in Japan, and you know that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, just something to, something to think about. Uh, you know, the um, DP review put up their. Uh, review of the 5d mark three the other day and right. uh, i just happened to go check it out and i happen to own a 5d mark three and all the things that they said about it which were like oh you know the build quality is better the the shutter is better the uh, autofocus is better that the but shouldn't all of those things be better well, no sure yeah, yeah yeah and they said that the um the image quality was you know great but it was great on the mark two um but one of the cool things they said was uh they said that you know, with good glass and, and good technique, that the pictures that you get out of it, the sensor is is good enough that you're actually approaching the resolution limits of the like it's of the Nyquist frequency of, of the sensor and the, and the tech in it, which which means that like basically, it's as good as it can technically like you are getting as much information as you can theoretically get mm-hmm. coming through and getting recorded, which is just kind of a nice. Uh, it's nice to know that it's that good, you know. Sure, sure. You know, but you're then, you're seeing that with with both of of the new offerings. The oh, yeah. 800 is the same way. Yeah. If if anything, the the 800 probably is is far overkill for 99 percent of the pictures that get taken with it. You know, mm-hmm. um, that 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 the technique and the lens selection and the settings and the camera shake and you know tripods and lighting and all that kind of stuff that you're actually probably just blurring across pixels at that point on a 35 millimeter size sensor mm-hmm. um, that most people's glass and technique is not good enough which is the same thing when you're shooting with medium format most of the time i mean it's very it's very hard you have to use studio lights and stop down a lot and have your focus perfect and do lots of test shots in order to get the pictures where you're actually getting every single pixel um, but the other day you know i uh, my grandfather had a big giant um uh, scrapbook from world war ii Mm-hmm. that he had done you know 60 70 years ago uh no, but, photographs that he had taken uh photographs of him and ones he had taken while he was over there mm-hmm. and and then a whole bunch of other stuff you know letters from his commanding officers all this kind of crazy stuff mm-hmm. and uh and i had it here in the process of a move out of my mother's house last summer she sent it to me sort of for safekeeping i think somewhat not incorrectly but just sort of like oops i I didn't mean to send that to you i meant to send it to you know her brother or whatever anyway i ended up with this book and uh, i was going to send it off to another one of my relatives and the other day i was like you know what why don't i set it up and actually just shoot each of the pages because you know who knows if this thing gets lost in the mail or flood or fire or whatever like let's let's have a digital record of it so I went and, and, and set up a, a tripod and a softbox and whatever and, and, and didn't do like a perfect job like I was working for the Smithsonian or anything, but I did a pretty good job recording this thing. And it's crazy because I mean these are small little two by three inch prints a lot of times, you know, those like old school black and white. Right, right. There's not that much information in them, you know. So me taking a, a, a 22 megapixel image of the entire page, I'm getting like a 800 or 900 pixel scan <laughs> On the long side of this, t- I'm getting 300 DPI. Right. Taking a picture of the whole page, you know. Um, and it was just kind of crazy. You zoom in and you're at like the level of fibers in the paper that it's, wow. you know, posted wow. on or whatever, you know. Um, 
But it's just kind of neat that you could get that kind of information. It's just like, you know, most film pictures weren't actually that great. Mm-hmm. I pulled up a picture I took of Stonehenge with my Hasselblad, and I scanned it. It was on Scala, so super, super sharp, very fine-grained film. Um, and it's like, okay, I can see the grain. And the grain is, you know, it's 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 there's a limit to the amount of information that's actually there before just grain starts becoming the issue, the limitation. Um, right. And it's not really that much better than I get with digital. You know, we get good. We, well, we get it's really not that much better than you get at digital now. Yes. Right. Yeah. 10 years ago. Absolutely. Right. But I think those people need to sort of back up and look at what modern digital, how good modern digital is. Cause it mm-hmm. really is good. Um, Hey, do you see uh, Scott Bourne is, is he the guy who's like a real super aperture guy? Scott, yeah, Scott. Scott really digs aperture. Yeah, not anymore. Really? Apparently, he put a tweet up this morning. Has he jumped ship to to Lightroom? Yeah. Until that, Aperture that, Four that, comes out, anyway. Well, that he <laughs> said it, that that, that, that the new Adobe Engine is better than the Apple Engine now, where before they were kind of equal, or he kind of liked the Apple Engine better, which I never quite got, but whatever, mm-hmm. he can have his opinion. Um, and that he he's decided he doesn't want to wait, and that. The problem with Apple's secrecy is that they forget that they're not just keeping their secrets from competitors. They're also keeping it from the people who want to buy their products. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, it like that, that that's a problem because we need to know when we're professionals and we need to know that something new is coming out, which is equal to the problem of the whole Mac pro thing on, on Apple, right? That they're who knows sure. if they're going to come out with a new Mac pro. It's like, well, they haven't for three years and there's mum is the word. It's like, well, you know what? There's, thousands and thousands of people who were like sitting there with thousands of dollars in their pocket saying like we need new machines but we're not going to buy a three-year-old machine right um okay now what is is he going to is he going to convert everything over to lightroom yeah apparently he's he says he's going to switch and he's he's, and he's not going to switch back he says don't understand that at all what wait what don't you understand well i mean it's one thing to say look i'm i'm going to to move forward and oh, like the new stuff I'm going to put in. Yeah, I'm starting now. I'm going to shoot. But, you know, for the for the last X number of years, you've been saying how amazing Aperture is. And now it's almost like by by switching everything over to Lightroom, you're sort of invalidating how amazing you previously said everything was. Well, the funny thing about raw conversion is that raw conversion keeps getting better, which sure. is actually one of the real advantages of shooting raw. Um, I have pictures I took on a trip with my father in 2004 on my original digital rebel, which was like my first digital SLR and they're six megapixels. So they're like less than what you have in your new iPhone. Um, but they're raw and I can bring them into Lightroom four and get a lot more out of them than I ever got out of Lightroom one. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really kind of cool. You know, that, that the software is getting better at, at, at Absolutely. manipulating them. Um, and I think for selective certain shots, you know, some of your, if you've got iconic shots, if you've got sort of shots that, that people associate so wait, are, with you. Are, are you saying that like that, that, okay, I am a car guy and right now Audi has the best car and, and I love Audi and I say nice things about Audi, but if BMW comes out with a better car next year, that negates the fact that I liked Audi this year? Sure. Doesn't it seem kind of that way? I mean, it, it, it seems like kind that of that way, way That me. was the best that 2010 could do. But, now and it, but, but it happens with hardware too. It happens with you know people jumping ship from Nikon to Canon and back from Canon sure. to Nikon. No, 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 it's no. Like, well, well you know. I, I certainly would say that I don't think that anybody could do like a double blind test and say, was this photo processed in Lightroom or Aperture 
on a 20 inch print. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that it makes it that much of a difference. I think that yeah, just the, just, the choices just, that people make in the application, like the settings they use, those make much more of a difference than the, the, the stuff itself. Um, I understand what you're saying. Uh, and, well, and the other I, side I think of his it is, frustration is that he doesn't care. Tr- he doesn't. Well, I think, well, wait, who cares what he's using? Yeah. Why, why do I, I, don't, care? I don't personally care what he's using, but he's people seem to care what he's using. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I don't think Scott Bourne's photography is all that great, but like, I mean, you know, I, there's you know, plenty lot, of, I know a lot of people that use, that use capture one pro because they say that, that oh, yeah. the, the, the raw conversion is better than, than all of the other. Yeah. Options. I've played with capture one. I don't like capture one at all. No, um, is it the results you don't like or the interface? Uh, it's just it's the the results aren't that much better, and I, I like being able to go. I like going from Lightroom to Photoshop and back again, and having it all kind of like be in the same world. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an Adobe guy, I guess. Is I'm a sucker. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, not just for that though. Yeah, well, I just it's, it, you know his. I mean, his argument is that you know loyalty goes both ways. That if you want people to be loyal to you, you need to be loyal to us. And if you are not even going to tell us whether or not you're going to update this software that's now a few years old, mm-hmm. like how do we trust that it's even going to work tomorrow? You know, you could tr- dump it, and then all the bug fixes, no new cameras. You know what I mean? Like well, they, all these kinds of things. Well, but Apple, Apple just updated their raw spec. They yeah, just, yeah. You know. So I, I guess, and, and I guess if tomorrow they come out with, with, okay, the aperture four beta is up, uh, go check it out. And it's amazing. What then do you go? Well, uh, I guess I'm not going to switch. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I look, I, I, <laughs> a long time ago, I am not a fan of Apple software. I didn't think that now blank statement. Co- you're not a fan of any app, but iTunes is terrible. <laughs> uh, I don't use iPhoto. I'm using GarageBand right now to record this just because I don't have Audition installed on this machine. Mm-hmm. Um, Logic is terrible. I, I don't... I've I've tried doing stuff with it and I have a degree in music production. I have a degree in music. I'm, you know, I'm not like some guy who doesn't know how to use a computer or music software. I like, you know, I could use... I could record something on Pro Tools or Sonic Solutions if you put it in front of me. Light, uh, lo- logic just makes no sense to me. I didn't hmm. understand Final Cut Pro. I didn't like. Uh, I didn't like Aperture. How everything was just like these weird panels sitting on top of the picture. Um, I, it's not that I think that Lightroom is perfect. There's plenty of things about Lightroom that drive me nuts. But I, I certainly, you know, Apple makes really nice hardware. They make a good OS. Um. And even you not, know it's not so much with their you know what's even interesting with with like the iPad and iPhone, they they make these they make this great hardware and almost all of the complex software like iPhoto for the iPad or GarageBand like all of the apps for the iPad that are like wow that's really cool I can't believe you can do that on a tablet, they're all made by Apple. No one else is making apps that are like blown me away on the iPad. They're all like five dollar apps and ten dollar apps. Nothing out there really makes me go. Wow, you know, look at look at the power of the platform. Um, but you don't feel that way on the on the computer side. I think they're cool for the iPad. I would never use iPhoto or GarageBand on the iPad just because the there are limitations that would drive me nuts. I've played with them and they just you know you hit a wall where you want. I want my application to be much bigger and broader than what I'm trying to do with it. You know, hmm. I don't want to, okay. I don't want to like, I don't want to hit a limitation. I remember using GarageBand one and I know this is unfair cause I'm talking about GarageBand one, but I was recording with Andrea over in London one time. We were talking about that earlier. And, mm-hmm. 
you at the time you couldn't split a track you know like you know like you recorded a take you couldn't like split it and slide things around or copy and paste it was like the, the limitations were ridiculous and then you couldn't just export it to disc you had to export it to itunes and you could only do it as an aac or as an aiff and it was like oh my god can i just save an mp3 or a wave file you mm-hmm. know like just like there's certain little things about them that drive me nuts so in some ways when if, if i'm going to trust imaging software I'm going to trust the people who only make imaging software. Okay. You know, I'm going to go with Adobe. Okay. Um, I, it's, you know, I, I, it's safer that way. Cause you know what? Apple disappoints people all the time. Sure. They, they just like drop stuff all the time. Oh, we're not going to make final cut seven anymore. And none of your stuff goes forward. Sorry. Right. Well, you know what? I have a, a room full of a thousand guys who are editing on final cut and you just dumped it, you know? Which is, it's funny because that's one of the things that people over on Windows, people always talk about how slow Windows is and how whatever and like, oh, it's too backward compatible. But you know what? The fact that you can run something on Windows that you ran 15 years ago is precisely why big corporations stick with Windows. Sure. Because they can't trust that Apple's not going to just like say, oh, this machine you bought last year, oh, you can't upgrade it to the new thing. Right. Right. Sorry, They're, they are they are not afraid like we've talked before. They're not afraid to right. kill their own children. But people, some people need to know that things are going to be around in two years or three mm-hmm. years. They need to look at they look at Intel and Intel will say next, you know, next cycle in 18 months, we're going to be coming out with X. And then the cycle after that in 36 months, we're going to be coming out with Y. They know the roadmap. Sure. The fact that Apple doesn't have a roadmap makes good press, but I don't think that it necessarily and it makes for a more well, they, exciting. They don't have a public roadmap. Yeah, it's a, it's an exciting marketing thing, but I mm-hmm. don't think it's really that great for people who really need to use this stuff versus consumers who are buying it on a whim. So, do do you think corporate secrecy can't survive anymore in 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 a in a, in a such a social environment? No, I, I think that I think that. See, there's a difference between corporate secrecy. You know what? If you're putting out some new thing that is well beyond, you know, before the iPad came out, and the iPad, oh, there's might be a tablet, and everyone's going wishy washy. Okay, that's fine. Don't talk about the iPad because it's your new big thing coming out. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We know you're coming out with new MacBook Pros. It's been a year. There's new Ivy Bridge processor out. You know, like, sure. This it's going to happen in a matter of weeks. Why are you so quiet about it mm-hmm. you know <laughs> say oh yeah you know we're oh intel put out these new chips we're working on it they should be out in a month or so but instead you get like nothing mm-hmm. and a lot of people who want to use this stuff for work it's like i need to know that i could get another one if i want to or i need to you know it's there's more well, to but it than it, that. okay but it's only been in recent years that that adobe have have uh made beta public betas available uh, I mean, we true. Did, we didn't but, know what features were going to come out, or but or I don't think use... I don't think there's ever been a question of whether or not there was going to be a Lightroom four. Okay, I see where you're at. Okay, you know, there's always mm-hmm. going to be a new version of Photoshop in 18 months, right? Because right. Adobe's going to sell two million copies to the two million people who require Photoshop to do their work every day, right? Um, where Apple is much more like you know, you know what it is? It's like the really cool guy in your town who everyone wants to date. But that he's like doesn't show up sometimes, and like all of a sudden he shows up at a party with some other girl, and you're like, wait a minute, I thought we were dating, but everyone still wants him anyway. He's that guy. He's okay. the guy, he's the guy you want to be friends with who like talks 
crap about you behind your back. You know, okay. that that's what I feel like Apple is, which is fine, but I don't think it's great for uh, customer loyalty. Okay, which is, so so let's let, let's get back to the So Scott the, Bourne, good for him. The, yeah, good good for him. Um are you impressed with with Lightroom 4 over Lightroom 3? Um I found that I've had to actually move the sliders further. There's a lot of times when I need to bring the shadow slider up like to 50% of its range or higher when I felt like I didn't quite have to do that before. Maybe it's just that like the the, the curve has changed, you know. Okay. Um, but results you're noticing the same the same or better results? I haven't, you know what? I haven't imported the same photo twice and tried both engines. Um maybe it's easier to get good results with the new engine and I, I like the fact that everything's sort of zeroed out in the beginning mm-hmm. versus like I think you know it used to be that like I don't know what it was contrast was starting at 25 or whatever a little yeah. bit of contrast um, so I like I like the fact that that stuff is sort of all centered now so you know where you're stand mm-hmm. um, I it's I've never had a, I, I've never had a problem with the output from camera raw you know in the past five years or whatever mm-hmm. um, I and I do enough posts to my pictures outside of Lightroom that whatever I come to in Lightroom is usually just a starting point for what I'm going to do in Photoshop. Okay. So for me, it's not like, oh, I need to have this absolute control inside of Lightroom to finish my images. I, you know, that's just, I use Lightroom for cataloging and doing raw conversion, but I'm not using, I'm, I'm rarely finishing an image in Lightroom. Okay. You know, we, uh, we did some printing directly from Lightroom. I've uh, been doing that week. too. Yeah. And it it's fantastic. Yeah, it, lo- it looks it looks great. Printing has always been. I think you and I talked about this offline last week. That printing has always been a complicated, or maybe it was on the show. Um, printing has always been a complicated affair with the ICC profiles and color mm-hmm. and and oh, and your your double profiling and wrong profiling and wrong settings with this wrong profile. Um. It, it, it's it's gotten better in the past few years, and I think that the printer's internal color management has gotten a lot better. So where if you just send data to a printer with good paper in it or the right paper in it, the built-in profiles are going to be close enough that if you choose a similar paper to what you're using or use the papers in their list, that your output's going to be pretty close to as good as you're going to get it. Right. Um, right there's right. probably people who are you know, yelling at me right now over their headphones. But I, I, at least in my experience, I found that. Plus, I, with know, printing, it's hard because you look at the stupid print in two different light sources and it looks completely different. You let mm-hmm. it dry for 15 minutes and colors change. You know, there's so much variability in it. But um, there's still something about standing in front of a print. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're not going to you're not going to upset me with that one. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to we're, we're going to the Getty this coming weekend. And uh, there's a Herbert's exhibit there, and I've never seen any of his photographs other than a on a monitor. There's a Herbert's exhibit uh, at a gas station. At, it is. It is at a. It's at the gas station at the at the base of the hill as you go up to the Getty. Uh, so this but, is the but, this is the big Getty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that place. Yeah, it's a beautiful building, and they've just opened up the gardens again. They were they were closed for some maintenance and repairs and whatnot. I have walked through those. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it, it's uh, Herbert's prints. There's a there's a show right now at the Gagosian Gallery in New York of uh, Avedon portraits and murals, mm. and it's a lot of like black and white on white stuff. Sure. Um, that Heather and I were going to go see this weekend, and then it turned out the two days that they're closed is 
this weekend because of the holiday. Oh. So we have to go. I, I would like to see his his large prints. I've only ever seen, uh, we, we went to, uh, there was a, a showing at the Riverside Museum of his pictures of uh, the Kennedys. Okay. Yeah. And uh, but but the prints weren't very big, you know. I, I'd yeah. like to see some of his larger. I'd like to print prints, some like of the my American stuff. West prints. I'd like to print some of my stuff bigger too. Well, weren't weren't you going to do the? Wasn't there was an architect or something that wanted your big motion? Yeah, prints. I'm still going back and forth with him. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, eighty by a hundred inches is what he was looking for. Whew, man, that's a big print. That's a big. That's like that costs hundreds and hundreds of dollars just to make like a test print. Mm-hmm. I'll have to charge him a fortune. Uh, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be doing this on a gold microphone next time, Jeffrey. A gold microphone. Okay. Yeah. I, gold, I gold microphone. will not. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I highly hey, doubt uh, it, but that would be fun. Did, did you see there was a photographer that, uh, has been threatened with legal action after claiming copyright on some of his images? Did yeah. you read this? Okay. So let me, let me see if I can so, sum this up. Okay. The guy yeah. took a picture of Houston downtown. Mm-hmm. Like the, it, the Houston skyline. Okay. Put it up on what, like Flickr or something? Something. Sure. A bunch of people, like hotels and different things in Houston and people in Houston use it on their websites and as like a picture of Houston on their websites and profiles and whatnot. He sent, he decided to send DCMA takedown notices to a bunch of them. Uh, one of the ISPs, which I think may have been GoDaddy, if I'm correct. Um, has a policy to where if you get a DMCA takedown notice for an image, they take down your whole site until it gets figured out. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh, some woman who's one of these sites who was stealing his image, GoDaddy took down the whole site, and it happened to be some sort of crazy PR woman who also ran some thing for disadvantaged children or dis- disabled children. Disabled children, sure. And is basically suing him for like ruining the lives of disabled children. Right. She's suing him for libel and slander and, and a, a host of other things. And to the point where he's now taken down the complaint off of his own website. Which is just insane. That is that's the kind of that gets into sort of uh, uh, Kafka-esque, you know, territory where you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's up is down. Um, down is up. Like, you know, truthiness. Yeah. And, and the idea that she's using these these. She's These using children. the press against him. Yeah, well, and she's using, uh, it's about the children. You're hurting the children. You're hurting the families of the children. I don't understand. Okay, the site gets taken down. They complain about the picture. Why don't you just change the picture, put the site back up? Call GoDaddy, say, I removed the picture, blah, blah, blah. What? Yeah. What? What is, it seems like this is much more work for her to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And okay, it comes back up, and he, she's still using this picture illegally. I don't, I, it's, I don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, I understand that if she's got the money and the resources, she could be a jerk and make this crazy complaint, but I don't understand why he would go through all of that. Right. Um, now I, I'm just, she, I'm looking she's obviously on, uh, in the wrong. Yeah. Now I'm, you I'm could, looking you on, could complain, on stock exchange. You could complain are... that, that, uh, that GoDaddy is wrong in taking down sites for whole sites just for that. Yeah, but they don't want to be held legally responsible well, exactly. for it. Exactly. I, you know. I guess my point is that like, you could argue that their policy is draconian, but that's not the guy's fault. He was just serving them with a DCMA. Uh, that's just weird. Isn't that funny? DMCA. I said DMs, DCMA. DCMA. That's something else. I think it's a rapper. D- DCMA. <laughs> <laughs> 
or, wow. or an electronica band from the 90s. That's right. That's right. Or, or, yeah, it, or it just seems drug. strange that 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 if, that you can't that you're challenged for upholding your own. I think that, I think that kind of stuff happens all the time. Sadly. Hey, if if I'd love to hear from people, have, have any if anybody's listening and you've had either takedown notices or or you've had to to uh, file yeah. DMCA. I've never had to deal with this stuff, but yeah, if you have out there, we want to hear from you. Uh, we yeah, have... It just seems odd. Like so, so. Hmm. Send send us an email. It's a podcast at ontakingpictures.com. dot com. Um, and uh, and we'll we'll go through them on the air next time if you have something to say about that. I, yeah, it just seems odd. I think that it's. I think it's ridiculous. I think this woman's just grandstanding. Uh, I think it's crazy. I mean, and, and what's the net result? What what is what is what do you hope to gain? As 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 this woman, she hopes that he backs down and what he says. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead and use the photo. Yeah, I guess. So what have you? I don't understand what you've gained. So because I say you can use the photo now, you've no longer ruined the lives of these children by taking the site down for a day. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, it's like you're in the wrong, lady. You used a program illegally. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what the what is the argument here. I don't. I don't understand that at all. That's just ridiculous. And I don't know. I, I wasn't clear on is is he a stock photographer? This the, the guy that, that put the images up. I think or was he just, might just be just his, doing it for fun. This was just his stream. Yeah, that's a tough gig though. Being a stock photographer, uh, it's getting tougher. Guy I know used to make like fifty thousand dollars a year on stock photography. Now he makes four four dollars a year. Four thousand a year, but he used to make like forty thousand. You know, he's 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 down at ten percent of what he was. Wow. Um, just kind of, uh, did you see AP just, just created a new agency? Yeah. Why'd they do that? I, you know, I think to compete with Getty. Okay. I because think- Getty has been purchasing, you know, eating everyone up. Yeah. They're, they're buying all of these little agencies Envision uh, and folding agency. them. Yeah. Tired of taking a beating from Getty, losing photographer, staffers, market share, blah, blah, blah. Interesting. I don't know uh, that whole, uh, you know, I don't really shoot the kind of stuff that ends up on uh, agencies like that mm-hmm. stock agencies. Um, I, I, I'm a member of Alamy, but I don't really put that much stuff up there, but the guys I know who do really well in this stuff, they put everything up there. You know, if they, if they go on a shoot as some house for uh, some magazine, they'll shoot everything around the house and on the way to and from the house and grab anything that looks good in there and stick that up there. Cause you never know what people are going to want, you know? Wow. Um, and I guess that's probably the smart way to do it. Right. Um, so he but your, put, your stream, your yeah, photo stream right. just has to be enormous. Well, to yeah, make any money. I think, I think he puts up like 10 or 20 things a week. Hmm. I think I have like 10 things on there. Cause I'm, I'm too critical and I, I put together just the pictures I think that are good, you know? And has now? Do you know? Has the stock market changed in that you're paid a flat rate wherever it's used, or are you paid commensurate uh, with how the image is used? It's how the image is used, and digital usage is less than print. And print, you know, everyone's using stuff at sixteenth of a page now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how I, much could you possibly make for a six forty by four eighty image on a website? Oh, it's peanuts. It's yeah. it's it's a couple bucks. Right? Yeah. Um, the the trick is to have enough stuff up there where it's a couple bucks every day, you know, mm-hmm. and then, okay, then you're up to a grand a year, you know, 
or four grand a year or 10 grand a year. Um, I, I don't, I, that's not my business. You know, I mean, it's funny because I have, for example, I have theoretically, uh, model releases for everyone during my 365 portraits project. Right. So mm-hmm. I have 365, you know, sets of portraits of people that I theoretically own all the rights to. I could put, grab a bunch of stuff out of there and sell it for stock. But that's not what the people who yeah, volunteered that, that, for my project signed up for. That's not what they signed up for. So sure. I, would ne- I legally could do it, but I can't morally do it. So I don't do it. What about there, Drabbles? But could there you do other, it with Drabbles? Yeah, I guess I could do it for Drabbles too. But I, but I don't think that that's, that's not, again, that's not what those people signed up for. And mm-hmm. that's not really what I want my work to be about. So I don't do that. But there are plenty of people who have no scruples about that, you know, um, or that's their whole game, you know. Hey, I, you know, you could, I have huge I could respect for stock photographers because you, you've got to think in so many different oh, directions. Yeah, no, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, complaining about stock photographers. A lot of them are amazing and great. I'm just saying that there are a lot of people who are always cons- thinking about ways to um, maximize their output. You know what I mean? To like, sure. to, to, to use all kinds of multipliers to get more out of what they take. Okay. Um, and sometimes I think some people go over the line and that's more a, a, a matter of people who shoot people. Um, if you're just taking pictures of, you know, things on the street or, or still lifes or whatever, um, more power to you. Um, I think, I think when it gets into, you know, you have this picture of a person and now it's on 40 different ads for H HSBC that, you know, I, I would want, the person to know that that's what i was using it for right here's my intent with this right and you know you could make an argument you could say you know what hey i'm shooting this thing for whatever uh if you don't mind i'm gonna put it up on for stock the outtakes and you know if i get anything from it i'll give you 25 percent mm-hmm. i guess you know but you th- could, doesn't you that could have, do something that like has that. to be spelled out in the release yeah yeah i guess you could I, my releases are my releases are pretty boilerplate um that give me pretty much exclusive rights to sell your soul to the devil <laughs> but I think that that's the case with all legal documents like that, you know? Sure. I've had a couple people like sort of really knowing people take my release and like actually cross stuff out and initial and go crazy. Oh, uh, really? And simplify it. Yeah. A couple of photographers actually, like big photographers. Um, cause they know what can and cannot be done, you know? So they just don't want to give you that broad stroke to begin with. Right. Uh, which is fine. You know, like uh, mine is just very broad because it's easier to write it that way, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, because if you have all kinds of little exceptions, it just gets silly. But a lot of times I'm not even using a release because, well, first of all, I'm not selling rights to you really only need a release if you're selling rights to the picture to be used commercially. You know, if, if you're using it for artwork purposes or I'm selling a print of a picture I took, like I took that picture, I own that picture, you know, as long as I'm not selling it to, you know. Uh, Exxon Mobil to use in an ad. But if you're selling prints out of a gallery, you don't need a model release for that? I don't think so, because that's just art. You know? Huh. I would think that the people would still deserve some sort of compensation, wouldn't they? Uh, your subjects? Because yeah. your subject wouldn't... I mean, your photograph wouldn't exist without the subject. True. But a lot of times, for example, for me, uh, people uh, use the pictures I take of them for on for their stuff on Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So they are getting something out of it. They're getting a free photo shoot with me. Um, sometimes if, 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 if somebody wants to use, I'll let them use stuff online, but then if they want to use it commercially, like they need high res images, like we'll figure out some kind of deal. So it's sort okay. of like they get some of it for free mm-hmm. or essentially they're getting the, the photo shoot for free and whether or not they want the images. Well, that's 
their decision after the fact, you know? So they're in, in a sense, licensing their own image. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially how it always works. Okay. Uh, even if you're taking pictures, if you're taking pictures for some big commercial client, if you know, if UBS is paying you to take pictures for an ad, they pay you X amount of dollars. You take the pictures, you own those pictures, you own the copyright and they then Unless have to license- sell it outright. Yeah, but most of the time they then license those pictures from you. Even though they paid you to take them, they then have to also license them from you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, which is kind of crazy. But usually you work it all into one big thing. Oh, you can pay me $2,000 and I'll take the pictures and you'll get rights to them for a year or whatever. Or you'll get rights to four pictures of them or whatever whatever the deal is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, all that stuff's very interesting. I mean, it gets into you know the rights, rights stuff. That's really tough. And then then copyright registration, copyright registration. Changing. That's a pain in the neck too. We'll get into that some other. Yeah, time we should too. do a show on that because I I know there are a lot of people. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people that have questions on on if I take the photograph and put it on my Flickr, Facebook, uh, Smug Mugs, and whatever you're using, do I? Do I need to register it with the copyright office or is yeah. it automatically my intellectual property? Yeah. When, when do I need to make that official leap to, to copyright? Like at what point in my career? Well, at what point in my career? Um, it's also weird because when you register copyrights, they ask you whether or not the images have been published or not. So mm-hmm. in, the, in the age of the internet, if I put it up on my blog, has it been published? Yeah, I mean, what, what are their it, specifications? It, it gets very, very tricky. And what difference does it make if it's been published or not? You know, like, mm-hmm. there's, there's, it's a, it's a tricky thing. Um, yeah, we could talk about that next time. Uh, it's a long conversation for right now. But yeah. I, 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 I have not officially copyrighted everything I've ever shot. It gets expensive. It's, you know, it's... Isn't it, it's $40 per set, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so, I mean, if you're doing that, you know, what do you do, it once a month? You know? And what constitutes a set? Uh, well, that's, that's, that's the other thing, right? It's See? like a series. You could just say everything I've shot this month, you know, is the May 2012 portraits right. series. But, so would your 365, would that, would that whole portrait project, would I that could put be that all in one set? Yeah. I think, I think the last time I did stuff, I did drabbles in motion together, you know? And it was still $40 for the, for I, all of those images? I think so. I, I don't remember. It was like a year ago. We should look into that. Let's yeah. do some it's, research. It's, it's, whatever it is, it's tricky. And, and now you can do a lot of it online, though, which is nice. Uh-huh. Um, which makes things easier. Uh, but it's still, it's still not nearly as easy as it should be. Well, the problem is that somebody on the other side has to do the paperwork and whatever. Well, ideally, it would be cool if you could just go into Lightroom, select a bunch of stuff, go to the file menu and say, send to copyright office. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> if it has the metadata in it. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, once you, you take the picture, you own the copyright. The question send is- Send the thumbnail and the yeah. metadata and boom, you're done. The question is proving that you have the copyright and that's what the registration is all about. Mm-hmm. And there's different damages you can get. If, if you have not registered copyright, you can get damages for them using the image, but you can't get like- the statutory damages or whatever it is for, you know, you could say, I want all the money you made off this image, but you can't say you've ruined this images for me. So now you have to owe me 10 times what you made off of it. Right. I can no longer use this image anymore. So those kinds of things get in in the way too. It just gets complex. Let's, let's do some looking and talk about it. Okay. We can do that. Hey, uh, who's our photographer for this week? Uh, who was it? Saul lighter. I think was Saul lighter. Yeah. Saul lighter. Uh, uh, Saul Leiter is amazing. Yeah. I love and he's still alive. 
Isn't I've, he like like ninety or something? I've met Saul Leiter. I've listened to Saul Leiter speak. Nineteen twenty three. So he is uh, ninety eighty nine. Yeah. Wow. He um he came and spoke at a at this uh, organization I'm a member of called PAI here in New York. And he sounds like this really cranky old man. He gets up there and he goes, I don't know why. <laughs> Wait, people he come. sounds like Andy Rooney? He does. He sounds like an old version of Andy Rooney. <laughs> he's like, he's the guy Andy Rooney stole to, to be Andy he, Rooney. Andy Rooney stole Saul's shtick. He did. He did. And it's totally a shtick. Um, and he, he's, he's just like, I was dating this woman. And my wife didn't really like it, you know, nice. like all these like he's he's old school. This guy, right? Nice. Um, but if anybody I wish you could seen still it, get his book, there's a, there's a book called Early Color. I wish you could still get. You can get it. You just have to pay a lot for it. Um, you could probably find used copies on Amazon. But why don't you know? Why don't publishers put these things out as PDF? Um, well, yeah, that's a big question. That's another topic too. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. There's there's no reason some of these out of print books. Well, that's, be that's the case with any out-of-print book, words or pictures. Sure. Why not? Although it's kind of nice that you can type in Saul Leiter into Google, go to images, and see 200 pictures that he took. Yeah. I, I love the New York stuff yeah. through the, the if, steamy if, windows. If, you were one, if you're the kind of person who likes pictures taking like as reflections and pictures through stuff or uh, really intense sort of colors, he's, he's definitely one of those Kodachrome guys from the 50s, right? Uh, one of the guys who has that it's, it's everything he, all the pictures he takes all look like they, they, they are very much of their time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're absolutely beautiful the way they're rendered. Um, it's hard to almost explain. So he's, he, he shoots 35 millimeter. I think he shot Kodachrome the whole time. And this stuff is this book in particular is like from the 1950s and they're color photographs. And we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. Now, is he is he exclusively New York? Is that is that where he's made his career? Is shooting New York? I think over the years, yes. Um, but I think he's also been around. He also likes umbrellas a lot. A lot of pictures have umbrellas in them, which I'm perfectly fine with. Um, but you look at these pictures, and you almost get a sense of what it was like to live in New York 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they really do capture street life in New York. There are some pictures. There's just one picture of these postmen. Uh, and it's like there's snow falling sort of in the foreground. So there's like these big flakes kind of going in front of the lens and it looks like a Rockwell painting like mm-hmm. that. That's what it kind of feels like. Um, and it, he's not afraid to, you know, uh, take pictures through slats in the pavement or, you know, uh, doorways that are closed or from above and weird angles and, and reflections all the things that you think that you're cool doing with your camera now and you're so original. You know, you, you, you say that every, you realize you say that every week. <laughs> it's so true. Every week. You're, you're like, you're like an old man squirting I kids to get like off the old, lawn. Well, it's not that it's just that I think that people need to look at what was done before, before mm-hmm. they start acting like they're so hip and original. Um, but they might be hip and original in their own heads. I'm not saying that people there aren't people doing good stuff now that's that's interesting. I'm just saying that everything's been done before. <laughs> I you know what? I would I would love to, I, I would buy a print of of his work. Oh, I would yeah, you can. In fact, uh the, I, I, they're he, very expensive, aren't yes, they? Yes, yes, but he's he's represented by uh uh Greenberg, um Howard Greenberg Gallery. 
And from what I understand, uh, he is like the best selling photographer at Greenberg Gallery, and he goes and hangs out there on Saturdays. So if you come what? over, to, yeah, if you come over here on uh, this summer, if Saul's still around, we could probably go by there and and see if he's hanging around. That and would if you, be. If you bring your book, I'm sure he'll sign it. That would be amazing. Now, uh, now, what are you, what are you looking at for for a print like this? What what is what is a Saul lighter print? Oh, I have no idea. A lot Tens of, of thousands? Uh, maybe not that much. Um, you know, let's let's see if we can look it up. Prints, man, printing and stuff like that. Buying prints, buying art—that is such a subjective, weird thing, mm-hmm. and very, very difficult to uh, to to put numbers on, isn't it? Yeah, it's. <sighs> You know, we went to Photo LA and it was interesting to see the range of of prints. If you if you if you look at the prints without the photographer's name associated with them. Yes. You know, and just looking at the quality of the work, in some cases you could see really amazing work and and then you look at the name, you go, "Oh, well, of course." Or or you're not surprised that this was, you know, an Elliot Erwitt piece or something. Um but it, it, in many cases, it was interesting to see just based purely on the content, I found myself to be very surprised at, at, at how much some of the work was. Because I, if, you, if you took the photographer's name away from it, you know what I mean? It, it, well, it the didn't problem seem is like... that art collecting has become like a place to put money, like the stock market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a lot of people are, are buying as investments more than they are buying because they love the art. God, his pictures are so freaking good. Yeah, they really are. I'm, tr- I'm trying to keep this podcast clean in language, but they are so bleeping good. <laughs> Can't you just bleep it out? Couldn't you just go for the gold and we'll just bleep it out later? <sighs> that like just, Jerry Springer? Oh, God. it's He just makes me sick. Um, but yeah, you can go buy his stuff on Greenberg. It, there aren't any prices, but they're like signed 11 by 14 prints um, in editions of 25, most of them. Oh, see, that's going to be expensive. Editions of 10. Wow. Another one of them. Um, And you can inquire to how much they cost. So that just goes to show you how much they cost. Yeah. So Saul Leiter, uh, S-A-U-L-L-E-I-T-E-R, Saul Leiter, photographer of the week this time. Saul Leiter, just to wrap that up, is what I wish I could be as a street photographer. And I think part of it, part of it is the is the medium he was using, the fact that he was like shooting with this film that had that look. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it was the time that he was shooting in. Nowadays, cars don't look nearly as cool as they did back then. So you take pictures on the street, and it's like, look, a Toyota Tercel behind you instead of like, <laughs> some, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's where you go, a Toyota Tercel. Okay. Um, All right. But you know what? You I know what a Toyota I, Tercel looks like. You you don't. You grabbed that off a commercial or something. I, I'd be willing to bet, though, that of the, you know, you that you see 100 pictures that are like his famous pictures, maybe he took 200,000 to get that 100. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing you always have to remember with photography. The, the you, shot that you referenced, the postman? Yeah. I, it's amazing, I, right? You know, if, if I could get a shot like that, I, I'd be happy never shooting again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just it's, go, it's yep, that look. good. So what have you done? This. Right. You know, and that's it. But, that's if, all you done. know, people look at your work and they look at my work. And oh, Bill takes this, whatever. If you like my work, I take a lot of pictures and I edit, you know, and that mm-hmm. uh, editing is one of the key things to becoming a better photographer is editing the pictures you take. My mother and her boyfriend went to Peru and came back and I had to look through 1,250 pictures 
1,263. Did we talk about this last week? I don't know. It was insane. Wrap it up because we're running over and people are going to get bored. Yeah, whatever. We'll finish. <laughs> uh, 1,263 pictures. And I said, you know what? You got to cut this down. I don't want to look at 1,200 pictures. I want to look at 100 pictures or 50 pictures. Pick the good ones because a lot of these yeah. are repeats, you know? Editing, editing is a tough one to learn because you don't want to, well, that's pretty good. Well, you know, that gonna, one's good. I'm going to write a post right now on my blog, which I'm going to try to get some traction on like the regular sites because I'm going to write like top 10, top five things that you to, to learn how to be a better photographer from a professional photographer. And these are the things you need to do differently. Um, okay. Cause a lot of that's really we'll, simple. We'll talk about the response from it next week. All right. Uh, all right. So if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us at on taking pictures.com, uh, slash what's, podcast what's the email? uh, is podcast at on taking pictures.com. Right. And, and thanks for listening. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we are on Twitter. Sorry too. we rambled a little bit today. Yeah, rambling's good. Yeah. Uh, I'm at Bill Wadman on Twitter. You're at Jeffrey Sidoris. It's at Jeffrey Sidoris on Twitter. E-R-Y-D-D-1-R. Yep. J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S. There you go. Faded and Blurred and BillWadman.com. And we will see you next week. Next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Later. Bye.